This show contains mature and sexual content, which may be inappropriate for some younger listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Ready for Gaywire on CJSR, queer radio that recruits. Hi, we're Gaywire, and I'm Alexa, and I'm joined today uh, by Dr. Glynis Lieb, who's the Executive Director of the Institute of Sexual Minority Studies and Services here at the University of Alberta, and you're also the co-chair, still, of the Working Group on Conversion Therapy, so welcome. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you for having me. As far as I, I'm concerned, that is a still the co-chair, yes. Yeah, no, excellent. So thank you for joining us, and um, the reason we invited you and wanted to have this discussion is because a lot has happened in the past two or three days about yes. this working group on conversion therapy. Yeah. So can you start by, by telling us how the group started and sort of mm -hmm. what its initial goals were? For sure. And um, so this was Nicole Goring's um, brainchild. And Nicole, of course, still is the MLA out in Castledowns. And um, Nicole was spearheading work around post-traumatic stress disorder awareness um, back in early 2018 and even before that. And um, what she found was through talking to people about PTSD, she kept getting stories from survivors of restorative um, or conversion therapies hmm. and and it was completely unexpected she hadn't gone in ever thinking about that and she was focusing a lot on first responders actually hmm. but they kept getting um, kept hearing from these people and so she and she ended up initially she was going to table a private members bill saying that we need to ban this um, this practice in the province but through looking at it and um, in collaboration with the then health minister Sarah Hoffman um, they realized that this was a much more complex issue than they'd originally thought. It was much more than medical practitioners. Mm -hmm. And so they decided to take a step back and do some stakeholder consultations and actually figure out what this actually looked like in the province and what was actually happening here. And mm -hmm. that, so that's what led ultimately to the working group um, because what they wanted to understand was, you know, if we're going to have robust legislation, if we're going to be a leader in this country, what do we actually need to protect people? Mm -hmm. um, where are the holes in this province? Well, I think that's that's interesting too, and I mean, there's so many questions. But um, just to even think about what conversion therapy is, which I imagine is something that the group was seeking to tackle, mm -hmm. right? Because we have this sort of idea, um, maybe like a Hollywood idea of like it's a church camp where it's a con yeah. concerted effort, and people are sort of ushered into this thing, mm -hmm. and they undergo like therapies in quotation marks that seek to either change their sexuality or gender identity, mm -hmm. right? So is that sort of what you're seeing, or is it is it that that it can take many forms and that's what you wanted to look at absolutely we wanted to look at and we didn't feel and they didn't feel at the time and even us you know when we came on um, didn't feel that we had the whole picture of how many forms it can take because um, you're absolutely right it can be a church group it can be a community group it can be individuals within the communities mm -hmm. um, you know it um, and it can be medical or mental health professionals um, as well and so um, there it's and we were looking at a way how do you how do you create a definition that's again that's broad enough that recognizes that it is you know any activity that's done with the intention of giving somebody the message that their sexuality or gender identity is wrong or bad and that or the source of their troubles and that mm -hmm. it needs to be fixed. 
Right. So then when did the group form and, and did you meet did you meet often before the election? Or um, we had uh, we had just been formally um, formed and brought together in the beginning of the year of 2019. And we had um, basically five months is what we had allotted February through June to come up with our recommendations and hopefully some wording for legislation. Um, and so we had our first two formal meetings before the writ dropped. Right. And we had our meetings scheduled all the way up to June, but we had two formal ones to um, look at. Again, talk, um, we had looked at what, what information we had collected so far, what we knew about legislation that was in place in other provinces, U.S. states, municipalities, etc. Mm-hmm. And then on the second meeting, we heard from um, representatives from various um, religious fa- um, faiths, sects, um, to talk about, you know, from their point, um, what um, what their doctrine teaches and and to, you know, and, and their take on that in contemporary society, how we interpret religious doctrine. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, obviously, if you only had if you had two of the meetings that you mm-hmm. were you were you already seeing sort of what the goals of the group were going to be, obviously, to yeah. put for this legislation. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah, we were getting there, and and again, two of the things that we were really looking at is um, again, how do we how do we enact legislation that can actually protect against activities other than medically regulated activities and also how can we protect not only youth but adults as well because people over the age of 18 are coerced into these activities as right. well right yeah. and that's what we wanted to do we looked at what had happened in you know um, in other provinces you know Manitoba Ontario Nova Scotia and then of course Vancouver the city has municipal legislation now so uh, but we wanted to we thought that there was more that we could do and we were really hoping to be um, a leader in the country and having the most robust legislation. Mm-hmm. So then what did do, what do those other examples look like from what you've seen? Variations most focus on youth, kids, because again, it's, you know, you can more, it's more effectively focus on protecting people under the age of 18, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it gets more complex when you get to adults um, who have, you know, who I can theoretically, legally make their own informed decisions. Right, exactly. Right? That was a question we had yeah. too. Yeah. And that, but that's, you know, but again, we look at, you know, what is informed consent? And even if I, you know, even if I know what I'm consenting to, which most people, and you saw, there were some very public testimonials that went around when we were first talking about this in the media and people, and people didn't know what they were getting into and they didn't, you know, but people are going at it from a place of pressure or wanting to please people around them and that too. So, you know, so there comes the, there comes that aspect and is there a consumer protection aspect of this? Can we Mm. look at it from that lens too, right? When you're looking at adults. So, um, so it becomes very complex. So most other places don't have, um, that the band that focuses on people over 18 and most focus on mental health and particular practitioners, right? Right. Cause that's Um, something that government could, yeah. yeah and when you get to a municipal on. level and I applaud like Aaron Paquette here in Edmonton of course as is putting forward a motion to ban any business or entity that engages in these practices in the city here that's great we now have um, Councillor Jolie out in St. Albert mm-hmm. who's trying to do the same thing and that's laudable I'm so happy that they're trying to pick up the you know the torch that our provincial government might be dropping mm-hmm. um, but uh, you know and that's really interesting too because again if you can you know if you can say that we're going to ban all businesses or operations. That takes an interesting stand when you look at, say, faith-based institutions and right. that too, right? Yeah. I mean, what I'd love to see is a federal ban mm-hmm. that could then look at, you know, different ways of controlling these things if you take away someone's charitable 
um, license, for instance, mm-hmm. that would be a big deterrent, you know? And no, absolutely. Things, right? So, yeah, yeah. So, you know, those are the kind of things that, but from a provincial level, we look at, you know, we you have more teeth in provincial legislation, of course, than, you know, for this kind of thing, the municipal. And mm-hmm. so I think that the municipal bans are fantastic, but it doesn't mean that we don't need the provincial legislation as well. No, no, I would imagine, especially when you're con- like that, the province does have so much um, power over education and medicine mm-hmm. and, and healthcare that you, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And I know that that there was a petition uh, yep. given to the federal government and they responded to that. And you're shaking your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the federal government, um, mm-hmm. even under Trudeau, and I was actually surprised about that when they did not jump on board to try to tackle this legislation, mm-hmm. so, which was disappointing for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I think that they, they sort of said like it was covered under different jurisdictions and they wouldn't allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. But again, I think for the people who signed the petition, right, that are saying, but it still does happen. Happen, yeah. And that's not it does. the experience. I mean, yeah. I think, it, was it um, Michael Connolly that just tweeted a list of entities that are known in Alberta to be wow. engaging in such practices still? Mm-hmm. Because then that's, and that's been the hardest thing to tackle this is people, you know, can't believe that this still happens in 2019 mm-hmm. in Alberta, Canada, right? But I mean... It's fascinating to me. When I went online after, when we were first talking about this and just looked, like if you Google in the U.S., like immediately, I think 70 mm-hmm. like services pop up that are blatantly advertising it. In Canada, you don't get that so much, but you right. get other things, you know, for, uh, you know, I don't know, what's it, freedom therapy, or whatever the heck they're calling it in some places mm-hmm. in the South here and that kind of, you know, those kinds of things and that, but... Um, but you know these you know, like story after story, and of course at Isthmus we work with um, with youth, and a lot of our you know we work with um, um, LGBTQ youth in general. But a lot of our services are focused on youth who are street living, you know, sex work involved, vulnerable in other ways, mm-hmm. and they ended up there for a reason. You know, the youngest kid we're working with currently was kicked out of home at nine for coming out you know as trans and nine right so Mm -hmm. this is still happening in this province and you can still you know that really gives you a sense of the pressure that people are still on by their parents and other people around them even Mm -hmm. in this day and age right well no and how much that can be um, manipulated that the the options are either you're kicked out and you're homeless at a young age or Mm -hmm. you undergo and you participate in these different therapies right yeah yeah and this is again where the onus is on government because because if you recognize that, you know, I look at that and I think of myself with a child who's almost nine. And I think, you know, a couple of months ago, I couldn't find my child for like 10 minutes in a public space. Mm-hmm. And I was on, like, almost, it was, you know, we were traveling and I was almost physically ill because I thought like, you know, we're in a straight, you know, different city, whatever. And I think what kind of fear, mm-hmm. you know, loathing, um, shame do you have to be experiencing to like, to hoof your nine-year-old out the door and go to bed at night not knowing where that kid is? Yeah. Like, that is so palpable. And, you know, we know that when when lawmakers or legislators put in um, put it, or either repeal things or take out language or take away protections for minority groups public attitude shifts mm-hmm. and when they add it public attitude shifts in a good way and that so the onus is on this government when you start ta- doing things like canceling this working group um, 
whatever it is you might, you know, t- attacking GSAs, you know, those kinds of things, you're setting a tone for the public mm-hmm. and you're making, and you are sending a message that there's something wrong or less desirable, or these people are less worthy of protection. Mm-hmm. And you will see that play out in public attitudes, mm-hmm. you know, so that terrifies me here. Right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And to sort of, okay, so to step and then, so they canceled the working group <laughs> or is that and then now there's been controversy <laughs> yeah, right. over if they canceled the thing they said they did, they stopped so I, do you want to like yeah. explain how that yeah, sure. went down in the yeah. past in this week so that's how the week started with monday morning of course um the edmonton journal reported that the working group had been canceled direct quote of course at the time and, and had you heard as the no co-chair. i found out with the public you know wow yeah. and as did nicole and mm-hmm. you know we found out with the rest of the public that the group had been canceled it's not like we were shocked that this was coming we were disappointed that we were you know predicting correctly Mm -hmm. but we heard that and then you know then of course the media jumped on it and then within a couple of hours all of a sudden there was that well you know they can still do the work if they want you know we're just not going to fund it like fund what it was you know peanuts (laughs) like we weren't getting paid to be there um you know we the last meetings we and and upcoming meetings we had offered space at the u of a right i was gonna say even the space rental i'm sure yeah Yeah. and so and um and that's so you know there were travel stipends for members of the public who were participating if they were but it was i mean a couple mm-hmm. of people like we're talking you know mm-hmm. nothing and so you know so that and then saying what well, you know and th- so this kind of this mixed messaging but what it does is it now switch switches the conversation to is the group on or isn't it rather than is this government anti-LGBTQ2S plus or aren't they? You right. know, and it's the same. You look at the like, look at the indigenous land recognition the same day, right? Just mm-hmm. throw that um, that bomb out there, and um, then come back and say, well, you can still do the recognition if you want, and then let people debate. Well, are we instead of, you know, why the hell are they targeting, you know, the queer community and indigenous people on the same day, and then just for good measure, let's pay youth less money, you know. Right. I just throw this all out on the same day, just Mm -hmm. shock and awe, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and that we really need to be worried about that. You know, that's, you know, that's coming out. And I remember some, you know, again, I have to look at the exact words from the speech from the throne and something about paying special interest to marginalized groups. And I thought, what the heck does Mm -hmm. that mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and that too, but this is, you know, this is a setting a strong tone, and I think it was really sending a message to their, you know, to their far-right base. And not all their voters are far-right. A lot of people held their nose because they thought that, right. you know, this is what they had to do for the economy. But there is that that group that are, you know, that expected these kinds of changes socially. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, you know, sending a message. You know, I'm all, yeah. yeah. No, and we have, I mean, and there's a 40-year history in the province of exactly that, of them yeah. doing that to the queer yeah. and trans community oh, and then yeah. and then espousing um, yeah. economic responsibility, supposedly. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so then, so that happens, and there's back and forth, and then you had a meeting with the health minister. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so the next morning, that would be, yeah, I think it was Tuesday morning, um, we had a... Um, the minister called uh, myself and Nicole Goring in for an 8 a.m. meeting um, with him and his chief of staff. And basically, you know, we spent half an hour together. Um, he asked us questions about the working group and the history of it for that half hour. Mm. Um, 
and never gave us any answers at all. And, you know, and I, and I said, you know, what is the answer that I can give to the media right now about, mm-hmm. you know, about where you stand on this? And, um, you know, and Nicole asked the same thing. Are we on or off? What's the status of the group right now? And he said, I can't answer right now. We need to do some internal deliberations and I'll get back to you. Right. You know, which is exactly what he told the media after in due course. Yeah. In due course. Yeah. And no, so, I thought that yeah. video was looped when I first saw it and I was like, oh no. So he did, just to give context, he did a media yes. scrum and they asked him four or five times yeah. for, a, for a timeline on when yeah. you would hear answers. Yeah. And he said the same sentence yeah. every time, yes. which is in due course. Yes. And what does yeah. in due course mean? It means in due course. It means an infinite <laughs> possibilities of timeline and different, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. like I said, there's an art to talking for 30 minutes and not answering questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Um, but no, I think, um, as you were saying, so it's interesting that these three things that, that against Indigenous people, workers, and specifically youth workers mm-hmm. and minimum wage workers, and then queer and trans folks happened on the same yeah. day. Yeah. And so you're thinking this is a sign of things to come? Well, I think I, I, I truly believe it was a message to that voter base that was, ex, you know, expecting these social, you know, mm-hmm. kind of this social wildness to get reined in. And I, and again, and also this idea, you know, we've been, you know, suffering through a while now of um, people who have kind of had the power and privilege, you know, you know, for as long as we've been <laughs> colonized country. Um, you know, feeling really threatened in their in their places, mm, and I think mm-hmm. that you know this was a you know to me this was a this was a hey you know fear not you know white you know right wing Christian people you will continue to rule this land you know mm-hmm, that was mm-hmm. that kind of message to me right. and um, and that and again that's you know we've seen that happen down south we've seen what's happening in in Ontario and that's to me that's really scary but I also think that this uh, you know. Again, I think there's something else coming, and and that's and that is the Trump tactic too, right? Just throw a bunch of things, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so you have people scattering all over the place, you know, trying to like trying to deal with them all, one horrible thing after another, right? Mm-hmm. And then it, and then, but it desensitizes people. Oh, and it burns you know? them out fully. It does absolutely. And so yeah. As horrible things keep happening, mm-hmm. people, how do we keep fighting this? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and when it comes to the queer and trans community, I truly believe this was also a litmus test for how quickly people will. Let things go because I think that I think they're going after the GSAs. That's what they've always talked about, right. um, the, as particularly the protection for GSAs. And so, um, you know, so I'm sure that they're wondering, you know, kind of just seeing, feel the waters, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, how quickly will people move on to the next topic? Especially if we, you know, come in in a couple of days and throw out something else about how we're going to save the province economically or something. You know? Right. Absolutely. So, what has the response then been from the community? Has have you felt like from the queer community, yeah. queer and trans community? Yeah. Uh, and the, I mean, it's been two days. But, yeah, it's been, but it's, yeah. Been a, it's been a lot. But the thing mm-hmm. is, you know, we saw the response for the queer and trans community like leading up to the election. And because, mm-hmm. you know, because our outreach works with people who are vulnerable and in crisis, and, uh, you know, we have our mental health services, we have our crisis counseling and that too. You know, the head, the head of outreach, he had said to me a couple months ago, he said, you know, things are, aren't getting better. Like, 
the numbers of, of like suicide, active suicide interventions, the ODs, the crisis calls, etc. These aren't getting better. And I feel like, you know, in leading up to this election, um, particularly queer and trans youth were really like, you know, they were the wedge issue. The GSAs were a wedge issue. Mm-hmm. And with that, they became um, you know, cannon fodder for this battle between the parties. And, um, and I think, you know, that in itself was just being that, you know, um, in this place that you didn't ask to be, mm-hmm. um, when you struggle with being conspicuous anyway. Um, and, you know, I think that was really hard on people. And then when the election happened, the number of crisis calls we got the night of the election and the next few days oh, yeah. out of this world. And these are kids, right? These are youth that we're serving. Mm-hmm. And, um, People were terrified because they, like, they honestly thought that this was they were going to step out the next day and you know be attacked in the streets, mm-hmm. right? And um, you know, and that's a terrible thing for kids to be you know thinking about. And we had made a bunch of progress, you know, socially we had made a bunch of progress, yeah. and there was still a long, long way to go to yeah. go, especially for our indigenous and racialized youth. Mm-hmm. But. Um, to feel like that all of a sudden it's like this is this territory you don't know anymore and you're and it's all been clawed away and you don't know what's safe you know it's been hell and so for them and so coming into this this is sadly people were expecting this people are expecting to be attacked they're expecting to be attacked through legislation they're expecting to be you know they're expecting more hate crimes they're expecting these things Mm -hmm. and that's heartbreaking to me yeah you know no, and I mean we've talked about it too. I think throughout the community there was um, there was a lot of sort of anxiety and talking to you know mm-hmm. folks and friends, um, and it just yeah it seemed like our identities were up for debate yeah. for a month yeah. straight yeah. of like and that that's just continuing and like mm-hmm. it makes sense that 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 anxiety has, has spilled over and I think part of the. Um, it's 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 a it's a very sort of sneaky and but still destructive tactic to do nothing right yes. so if they're just can if they're just like canceling the working group yeah. they're not saying conversion therapy is good necessarily uh-uh. but they're just saying we're not going to tackle it yeah. right or it's not an issue and to deny yeah. that it's even an issue exactly. is a huge tactic as well oh yeah yeah and so yeah. for the for the GSAs you can as you said you can already see it coming down the pipe that it's like we're not saying GSAs are bad we're mm-hmm. just not going to protect them. Them. Yeah, we're yeah. just saying, you know, parents have the right to know, right? <laughs> Yeah. You know, and, um, and I, like, I applaud the youth. Like, I, you know, mm-hmm. I looked at them, you know what, on two days after the election, mm-hmm. they have this massive walkout across the province. I'm like, you know what, they didn't wait around to be proved right. They yeah. drew their line in the sand. And I, I think we have to now, we have to be vigilant. We can't give an inch, speaking mm-hmm. on behalf of the queer and trans community, we can't give an inch here. Because, again, you just push and, and whatever becomes normalized, it just stretches, stretches. And even if, you know, that um, that works against us. And I think, you know, but I think it's going to be the youth that are going to lead this charge. And I think, you know, I think I really hope that we are in line, even with everything that has happened in the last few months within the community kind mm-hmm. of the unrest yeah. that to me that's a sign of progress a lot and you know lots of people have you know kind of you know been emotionally hurt through this process but I think that you know we're at a state now and to me it, it's that's showing that we're moving somewhere when people feel safe enough to actually speak up and say hey you know, I want my place at the table versus not saying anything at all. Mm-hmm. And we have like all our um, 
you know, kind of our BIPOC youth who are like standing up and saying, you know, things need to be different here mm-hmm. in general. And so I hope, I hope that, that, um, this is going to be the next revolution mm-hmm. for the queer and trans community. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see that we're going to see our, um, BIPOC youth be the leaders in this revolution, mm-hmm. you know, coming out, you know, kind of, um, and that, so I want I want to see this be our be our biggest leap forward since the '60s. Yeah, that's uh, no, and absolutely. And I think the worst thing that the community could do is to try to silence them or to uh, uh, to make it so that they're not heard and they feel abandoned. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that you know we have to have these conversations within the community, and we can't get distracted with internal you know, mm-hmm. arguments. They're important too, but, um, don't get so focused on the internal that you don't see what's coming outside your door. Mm-hmm. Right? No, and it is, it's always been a balance of social movements for sure. Yeah. So just, just to, um, uh, sort of focus on the future then more, what are you sort of hoping happens or how are you, how are you continuing this mm-hmm. conversion therapy discussion? I think that we, well, first of all, um, as a group, um, you know, we're dedicated to keeping this work going and we're not going to give uh, them an excuse to drop it. Mm-hmm. You know, I have no intention of, st- and I don't think any, uh, I shouldn't speak for the members, but I doubt any of them have any intention of going, well, I guess this is a done deal. We should just step off. Mm-hmm. No, we will do our work. We will show the evidence. We will show the report. We will give the recommendation and we'll make them say no to us when mm-hmm. we show them recommendations for our proposed legislation, not give them an easy out. And yeah. I think, you know, and um, we can't let this drop um, even if people become tired of hearing talk about it because if we let it drop then it'll be the next thing and the next right. thing it gives them license mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. yeah and so yeah. yeah I think this is um, like I said I'm I'm really optimistic that you know that um, the youth will be our leaders but I think we can't like we can't rest Oh yeah, it has to be a concern. Yeah. You know, and we see we've seen in the last four or five years where people get by assuming that, you know, oh, you know, we have we have these protections now, we won't lose them. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it'll never be that bad or it won't get as bad here as there, you know? Yeah. And that's not human nature. No, it's been yeah, absolutely. It's not a it's not a clear path of progress yeah. at all. Yeah. 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 Um, so then if folks are concerned about this and they want to make their voice heard too mm-hmm. how do they specifically around conversion therapy how yeah. do you how do you suggest they do that and so um we are we are absolutely looking for people um who um who want to and are willing to take a stand and give testimonials um people who have had various experiences and that we need that backing and um and it's and we recognize you know a lot of people have come forward in the time since 2015 when this gov- when the NDP government got in the minister's office had gotten about 280 wow. like emails letters etc about this from people mm-hmm. registering complaints yeah. so i think you know we need people to be telling their story and there needs to be more voices and so I'm always um, delighted to, you know, to give a new voice to a reporter. So, you know, it doesn't have to be just one or two people talking to everybody. Mm-hmm. We need, you know, we need a symphony of voices who are speaking up and, and saying the same message and telling their stories and making it seem like it's not, you know, it's not just a couple of us. You know, it's, you know, it's not just Nicole Goring and I who want desperately to, you know, hold on yeah. to the fame of our unpaid seats as co-chairs. <laughs> 
yeah. <laughs> you know, like there's, yeah. there's all these people who have stories to tell and we need to humanize them. We need to give that. We need to let the public know that this is something that, um, that is impacting, um, Albertans. It's very real and it is, um, a life or death situation. I mean, we mm-hmm. are losing people. Yeah. Right. We know this. Yeah. I mean, we see it firsthand at work all the time, but not all of Alberta does. Mm-hmm. And that's so, so, you know, reaching out to Isthmus, reaching out to Nicole Goring's um, constituency office, and that if you have a story to tell, I want to lend your voice in any way, even if it's just confidentially sharing information that we can use to strengthen our story, mm-hmm. um, helps. And, um, and that's so, and just talking, I think as, as a community, we need to be, um, getting, you know, we need to be finding opportunities to have conversations with each other and getting to know each other mm-hmm. on a more broad basis and, and that, and, um, so, you know, because we want to be an army here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, thank you so much for sharing that all with us and, uh, yeah, for the work that you're continuing to do. I mean, that sounds like a formidable, um, situation, but. Also, we'd love to have you or anyone from the group back if there's updates as well in the future. That'd be fantastic. Absolutely, I'm happy to um, to organize that. Yeah, Uh, we just have to we have to keep the public's attention here. Mm -hmm. It's it's so imperative. No, absolutely, Mm -hmm. especially for a topic that I think just is so like the point of conversion therapy is to put shame on people. So then coming forward that with that kind of story can be incredibly difficult. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much, Glenn. Thank you for this. Yeah, enjoyed it.